1: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here on Zoom with Aaron Keller, and with someone we're now calling our resident ice fishing expert, Joe Doucette. <laughs> I,
0: I guess it pays to be from South Dakota when it comes to ice fishing.
1: <laughs> it really does. You're our go-to. So. And really a regular on this podcast anyway, because you're full of information. Um, could you guys hear me Okay.
0: You froze there for a second.
1: Okay, I was getting a little bit of unstable internet. That's just the fun of doing these over Zoom. So, so Joe, we were saying, I mean, you've been, I've seen all of your recent fishing reports. And the last one was probably, I think it was saying you really want to be careful going on the ice. Now it sounds like ice fishing is starting to get fun at some bodies of water. So could you say where to go and where not to go right now?
0: So right now, there's really only two places that we have safe ice. And even then realize that early season ice conditions can change very quickly. Um, What can be safe one day can be safe the next. And we are just at, we're in that early phase for another week or two. Um, But the two safe places right now are Cummins Lake out of Ely and then Wild Horse Reservoir in uh, Elko County, north about 65 miles north of the town of Elko. Um, it has about six inches of ice up at Wild Horse and at Cummins, both have about six inches. We just got some snow. Uh, snow is both good and bad. Uh, with, it, it'll keep the major temperature fluctuations from, from happening, which causes pressure ridges. So when you get really cold, say down around the single digits at night, um, the ice expands. And then during the day, if you hit 40, 45 degrees, which has been happening lately, it contracts and it causes these pressure ridges to cause buckling in weak places and sometimes even open water. With the snow on top, it insulates, it keeps it from those huge extremes. Um, and so, so that makes it a little bit safer, a little less uh, chance of pressure ridges. At the same time, it also insulates it from that cold air at night so the ice thickness doesn't grow as quickly. But, but right now, as long, you know, what I say is as you're heading out on the ice, drill a few test holes as you're going. And I wouldn't venture too far from shore to begin with. Um, maybe after Christmas, uh, then, then, then it, you know, things, the, the cold really settles in, and, and then you, you don't have, the, have to worry about it near as much as we do right now. Is it uh, unusual to not have fishable or good ice right now, or is it normal? No, it's not. In fact, uh, Wild Horse Trout Derby uh, is held on uh, in on the President's Day weekend in February every year. And I know, was it 2016 or 2017? Um, They were having. It wasn't an ice derby. They were fishing from shore and on boats. (laughs) <laughs> um, it just depends it, it It really changed from year to year. Some years at wild horse you can you can get safely on the ice by about the tenth of December. Those are few and far between other years you can 't get on the ice until after January first. My rule of thumb has always been Christmas at the earliest um, though though a couple of our biologists were out uh, yesterday talking to uh, uh, anglers out on wild horse and, and when they drilled test holes it was about six inches which is safe and when we talk ice safety a little bit later on we'll go more into what thicknesses can handle what kind of, of conditions for people to be on but for now it's pretty much Wilson or uh, wild horse and, and Cummins wild uh, horse and Cummins and go ahead and drill a test hole before you go too far from shore uh on both those lakes um even Cummins uh different parts of the lake uh, will we'll have very variable thicknesses of ice. I believe the north end of the lake will often have open, or excuse me, south end of the lake will often have open water while the north end will be ice covered. And some years it's it's just the opposite. But as of as of uh, this past weekend, um, you could get out on the ice in most places on Cummins and, and fish. And, and of course, you've got... Uh, um, You've got the nice trout fishing at Cummins. Um, They've been real fat footballs this summer, and I expect to to have some fat footballs come through the ice. The one thing I will want to say about the safety issue, Cave Lake, because of dam issues, needs some, uh, uh, they're having to keep the water low it's below the outflow, so they're having to pump water. When you pump, you can't control the depth very easily, especially in the winter when, when pump lines may freeze up. And so with that fluctuating water level, um, it's re- even if the ice gets thick, it can still be very dangerous, especially if you have a gap, you know, six inches or a, or a foot of air gap between the ice and the water, it could crack very quickly and, and cause problems. So at this point in time, even if the ice thickness is safe enough, um, we're not recommending going on the on the lake at uh, at Cave Lake, which un- is unfortunate because it's a very popular ice fishery for the for the Las Vegas folks. But Cummins Lake is just around the corners right there in Ely, also, and puts out some really nice big trout. Um, this summer they were averaging sixteen, seventeen inches, and you know very fat and healthy, and and I expect that to continue through the ice down there as well.
1: Okay, so again, we're not saying just. Head on out there, run out nope. on the ice, start fishing. Should,
0: just drill a test hole before you go out early in the season. And the same thing in late in the season. We get to the end of February, early March, and a lot of these areas, the ice starts to come off. Um, you know, you can have those sunny 40, 50-degree days, even though we get down into the teens at night, um, and, and that can wreak havoc. And so, so as we get into mid to late February uh, or late February and, and early March, then you also need to test the ice before you go out on it as well.
1: Okay, and then again, uh, Joe always puts out weekly fishing reports. Reports. So and we try to put
0: ice thicknesses, um, and realize that report is from a few days earlier, you know, generally the, I, I give you the report on Fridays, um, I get collect my information on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and so it's always, uh, you know, a few days late. It's what it has been, not what it will be.
1: Okay, so
0: <laughs>
1: that's good to know. So anyway,
0: ice fishing is lots of fun for those who haven't done it. Um, It really doesn't take a whole lot of special gear other than you got to be able to drill a hole through the ice. Uh, As a kid when I was in college, uh, I actually used a, a digging bar, a stud bar, a spud bar that you would pound through the ice. Um, in fact, there's two of them at the bottom of Sheridan Lake and the Black Hills that belong to my dad and my grandfather that on that last little bit breaking through would slip out of your hands and go right to the bottom. Um, that's, that's a hard way to do it, let me tell you. But you've got ice augers. Um, basically, you've got two types. You've got the blade type and you've got what's called a spoon type. Um, the blade type, I prefer over the spoon type. Um, and and they generally you can start finding them about fifty five sixty dollars online. Um, they go upwards of 100, $125. Nowadays the latest fad is you can and I, I use a fad. I don't mean fad badly. Um, they have conversion kits where you can actually take a an electric drill, the uh, battery operated drills, and use that instead of doing it by hand. Um, and realize that that you need an eighteen volt or higher drill, and the smaller the uh smaller the the auger is use a six inch instead of a 10 inch or an eight inch realize the difference between a six inch and an eight inch auger um you're drilling through 40 percent less ice and the less ice you go through the longer your battery will last but with a the, with a hand auger the secret is to keep the blade sharp keep them free of rust so when you're done at the end of the day dry them off me put a light film oil you can buy a blade sharpener for these things for about 10 12 bucks <clears throat> and, a, and a reasonably fit person. I'm 61, fat, old, and I can drill through about a foot of ice in, in about two minutes, three minutes. It's not that hard if you keep it, and just take your time. You can buy power augers. They start at about, a, about $150. Um, they're a lot heavier to haul on the ice, though, so, you know, it's that much more work getting to where you're going, but once you get there, you can, you know, punch a lot of holes with a with a gasoline-powered auger, and that's where maybe that drill is a compromise. You may not be able to punch as many holes with that um, cordless electric drill, but you save a lot of work on yourself, and it's much lighter than a gas-powered auger. So so you, lots of things like that. As far as fishing poles, um, the shorter the pole, the better. Realize if you're standing right over the ice, it makes it easier to see what you're doing and, and not get the line caught on the edges of the ice. Uh, they do make ice fishing rods. Uh, they range in length from about 18, 20 inches up to about 30, 32 inches, um, and they come with uh, small reel, and they have different, you know, just like regular fishing rods, you get them, you know, light, medium, heavy, uh, depending on what type of fish you're going after. So, but you can use like an, I use a, used to use an ultralight rod, one of those little four foot rods you could, you could buy um, that you use during the summer on our small streams. So you don't have to go buy a separate one of that. As far as lures go, um, Honestly, just a little, you know, those little plastic uh, rubber or little plastic soft grubs with like a, a you know, a Mr. Twister type tail or, or even just the skirt type tails tipped with a piece of worm will often work really good jigging it up and down through the hole. Regular lures will work jigging. Um, and I've even used uh, flies from, from my, you know, my fly fishing gear to, to fish for, for, uh, for both perch and trout through the ice. Um, you, one thing you do want to do is the ice, the uh, surface of the water. If it's cold enough out, will start freezing, and so if you have a slotted spoon to kind of keep that, uh, you know, just skim the ice off when it starts to freeze, so that you're, you know, you can pull a fish out of the hole or run your bait and your line through it up and down very easily. So, so something to cut the hole, something to fish with, and something to skim the ice. And then of course, a chair is always nice to sit mm-hmm. in. Uh, the nice thing about ice fishing, it's much more social um, than, than regular fishing. You can have uh, punch 5, 10, 20 holes within uh, a small area. Everybody sits around in their lawn chairs, uh, drinks some hot coffee, some hot chocolate, maybe an adult beverage. Uh, you can talk while you're going. And it seems especially like with perch, um, but also with trout. They run in schools, and once, once one rod goes, everybody starts looking at theirs, and there will be times when we'll have three, four, five people going at a time. And uh, it it can be a lot of fun. We even build fires on the ice, uh, you know, so you can have a campfire, cook some hot dogs, s'mores, whatever. And uh, my wife, who's not much of a fisher person, actually likes ice fishing, and she doesn't like cold. Mm -hmm. And she'll go ice fishing because it is more social. It's more fun.
1: The big thing. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, ahead. does she actually like the fishing aspect of it or more the hanging out with everyone?
0: <laughs> I think more hanging out. But at the same time, it's actually easier fishing because it's all vertical. You don't have to worry about casting. Um, there's, there's not a lot, not as much to think about. And so it, it, once you find a place where you can catch fish, um, you know, the, the action can be pretty good, especially a place like Wild Horse where we have perch. Um, it's a great place to take kids fishing uh jeff peterson one of our biologists was out there the other day with uh, they were doing some ice fishing and in three and a half hours his party caught over 120 perch five trout that were about 18 to 20 inches and and one smallmouth bass which really kind of surprised me i've never caught a bass through the ice before so so if, i mean if you think about it, that's 40 perch an hour if, if the kids are busy they don't care how big or small the first the fish are they just want to catch fish and so so that's great and, and that's where wild horse is just awesome because uh it's you get out there on a saturday um it looks a lot like that movie grumpy old men i've seen as many as 200 300 people on the ice fishing on a saturday out there and uh, it's a lot of fun once and we'll talk more about this later once the ice gets to be about 10 inches 12 inches, then, you know, putting a snowmobile, an ATV on it. We don't recommend taking vehicles on there, but it's it's not uncommon to see people out there with snowmobiles and uh, ATVs pulling a trailer. Uh, there was one, there's one party out of Elko that goes up there. They have a, a cook trailer all set up. They open it up. It's got a stove. It's got a grill it's got uh, uh, you know ice chests built into it um, you know tables everything it's it's really cool and they sit up and they they, they make a day of it in fact there are people who even set up wall tents on the ice and camp out on it overnight
1: sounds like a great time and we're going to be right back after this quick break we're going to talk about some ice safety and a few other things so we will be right back after this quick break you're listening to Nevada Wild
0: where the good if you're getting gone, I'm you I
1: If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are talking ice fishing with Joe Doucette and before the break we were talking about how it really is this fun social activity but with that comes anytime you go out ice fishing ice fishing, there's a lot of safety aspects that come into play. So Joe, um, what is some of the safety information you want to give?
0: So, so, so first of all let people know where you're going especially if you're going by yourself. Um, and and secondly, don't go by yourself. If one of you gets uh, does accidentally, God forbid, break through the ice, um, the other person can at least go get help. Or you know something's going on. The the, the big thing um, is is ice thickness, and we try to post those thicknesses in our fishing report every week. I would say that under under two to three inches of ice, uh, until the ice is two to three inches, stay off of it. Even at two to three four inches. Um, I don't go on before four or five inches. And even then, you can't be close together. You need to space yourself apart. Um, and when we talk thickness of ice, we're talking hard, clear ice, not gray ice. Um, the gray ice is porous. It means it has air bubbles in it. And and, and, and we can't, and not, don't count the snow on top, and don't count any slush. In fact, slush is uh, not always a good thing. Slush means that it's not freezing at night. So, um, so so three to four inches of good clear ice before you go on it, seven inches, six to seven inches of good clear ice before you can have a group together, close together. I would say if you have less than six or seven inches, um, A, I don't like going on it anyway, because believe me, you will feel it settle underneath you creak and stuff. Um, but then you know, have a good 15, 20 feet between you if you're on on that thin of ice like I said, at six or seven, you're good to go. You can be a couple feet apart, talk to each other, sit on, on lawn chairs, that kind of stuff. Um, so, so thickness is a big thing. And like I said, an uh, ATV or a snowmobile, if you are gonna take one on, which we don't always really recommend, uh, you want about a foot of ice before, 10 to 12 inches of ice before you do that. Um, if you, uh, ice cloths, And I should have brought some. I wish I had had them with me right now. But ice claws are are basically a safety device that if you do fall, if the ice does break and you go in, you can use them to claw your way out. And you can make them at home really easily. Take an old broom handle, cut about uh, a four-inch handle, four or five, six-inch handle. Um, Stick a a nail or a screw in the ends so that you have the pointy end sticking out. Um, And then about three feet of rope between them so that you, you run it down your sleeves so that it's hanging out or or, or right inside your sleeves or just hanging out Um, that way because if they're in your pocket when you go through the ice you don't really have time to pull them out grab them plus you can drop them and and that way you have access to them i i'll actually take a small piece of old candle to put over the end so i'm not poking myself with or even a cork out of a out of a wine bottle so i'm not um poking myself with that sharp nail or screw but when in the cold, when you go through to use them, the the you'll actually break right through the cork, and in that cold, the candle wax is fairly brittle. It'll break out. You don't even have to take it off. You just grab them, put them up on the ice, and you pull yourself out. If you don't have those on you, um, what you do need to do is do more like a swimming motion. Uh, you you actually try and swim on shore. Don't try to climb out. Swim to the to the safe ice. Go. First thing is, if you start to go in the ice, realize when you get really cold, your first instinct is to take a really deep breath. It's a, it's a shock instinct. If your head's underwater when that happens, you get a, a lung full of water. So as you go through, put your arms out to give yourself an area to break your fall uh, through the ice and and try to keep your head above water. And it's almost impossible to keep from that deep in- inhalation. But if you can, you know, keep from doing it. So if you are in the water, you don't get a mat- lungful. And then at that point, leave your clothes on, your, your, your heavy, you know, snow sh- suit, your jackets, your boots. They'll actually insulate you because you can get really cold really fast in that water. You get hypothermic in about five, six minutes. So face back the direction you came from because obviously the ice you were walking on was safe. Try to swim onto the ice or use your ice claws to get on it. Stay in a prone position until you know you're on totally safe ice. If somebody else goes in, you don't go up to the edge and try and pull them in. Throw them a rope. Use your fishing pole again. You stay prone on the ice as well. Um, You know, our sleds often have ropes, so you can push the sled toward them, holding the rope if they grab it, pull them off. When I go ice fishing, I take a throwable type 4 uh, seat cushion um, flotation device because you can throw that to somebody. You also can use it to sit on or kneel on next to the hole, keep your, your knees dry. Um, and I take a rope for throwing um, so that you don't get close to the ice. Get them out, treat them for hypothermia. Yeah, I've also heard of people mm. making a campfire on the shore. Not, not actually lighting it, but prepping a campfire on the shore. So that if they do get. So that if they do, if something does happen or somebody does, like even like fishing with kids and things like that, you can take them back, start the campfire. Right. Right? Well, we, and again, I carry a small little, little uh, uh, propane heater that we carry anyway. It's a combination heater stove so we can cook stuff if we want, you know, make coffee or hot chocolate, but you can also use that to heat people up. Um, I always carry thermos of hot coffee. Uh, the best One of the best things to do, treat for hypothermia, is get something warm inside of them. Um, you know, and, and of course, get, get them to your vehicle, uh, and again, in the winter in, in northern Nevada, especially up, up here in northeastern Nevada, but also northwestern Nevada, I always carry blanket, sleeping bag, that kind of stuff in my vehicle. You never know when you're going to have a vehicle breakdown or, or the road gets closed due to weather. Um, get them in, get the wet clothes off, get that heater going in the car, get them wrapped in a blanket. And then, uh, and then get them warmed up right away. Joe, so I mean, oh yeah. sorry. In
1: all of your years ice fishing, have you ever fallen through the ice?
0: I have not. Oh good. Um, I wanted to I, I, it have, like. I, I have come close <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was younger and dumber. Uh, getting off the ice, what happens late in the spring? You'll have. Um, the, the, the shore is dark, so that water heats up, and you'll have a, a little bit of uh, uh, open water. Sometimes we'd put down, and I don't recommend this at all, we'd put down a 2x8 or a 2x12 um, uh, to get from the shore to the ice. And then if you've got to do that in the morning, it's going to be even worse in the afternoon. And that ice edge can be uh, real thin and soft. And we came close one time, but, but I never have. So you, know, you just follow basic the rules. This is all just a prep, just in case you need to know it seldom happens. We did have somebody go through the water, through the ice on an ATV about 15 years ago here, Um, it was pretty scary. They got him out, they got him on an ATV, told him to go around. And the big thing is hypothermia kicks in, you don't think clearly. Instead of going around the arm to get to his car, he drove right back across it, went through the ice again. And they had to pull him out. And by that point, he was very hypothermic. They had to take him to, to the hospital, him and his son. There was two of them on the ATV. So, so that's, you know, out here it really doesn't happen much um, is because people are careful and that's what we want. Uh, South Fork can be really iffy in the winter. Sometimes I don't go on South Fork at all on, on, on some winters. But there are other winters where we can get a foot of ice and it's great um but but for the most part the other thing that people don't realize it's not just falling through you can get sunburned very badly on the ice you've got the sun coming down plus it's reflecting up off the snow and the ice in your face you're getting a double whammy so sunblock and a hat are really critical keeping warm um you know your feet can get very very cold you need waterproof boots um though you can get some really inexpensive uh Felt-lined boots, the heavy snow boots for twenty twenty-five dollars. They're not good for walking, but for sitting around, they're awesome. Uh, I wear I personally like merino wool long johns, uh, long underwear because it it holds the it holds the heat in even if it gets wet. Same thing with my gloves. I wear fingerless wool gloves. Um, wool will hold the heat even when it's wet. Um, and I actually have a real thin pair of of merino wool gloves that are that have the tips of, the, of just my two index fingers and my thumb off that, I, that are glove liners that I wear in some, some heavier gloves until it's, the fishing gets good, then I pull them out and do that. Uh, hot chocolate, hot coffee in a thermos to keep you warm, a good coat, something to break the wind. If you have these plastic sleds, um, you can actually stand them on edge and put them against the back of your chair, put that to the back to the wind side, it blocks the wind. Um, so, so there's all different things, and now they've got these pop-up ice tents and all this other stuff, and uh, we, we take a pop-up turkey blind because my granddaughters get cold real easily, and, and since we already had pop-up turkey blind, it worked just like a, a, the, the other tents, and it's not, you know, it's about six foot by six foot, so it's plenty of room for two of them to get in there and warm up with a heater, and, and the big thing is kids want to have fun. At Wild Horse, Andrew Bass is the state park ranger. He does a great job. He's got a sledding hill. So when there's snow, you can go sledding. Um, he actually has built a little uh, Zamboni off uh, out of an ATV, and he has an ice skating rink. So once the ice is thick enough, you can go ice skating there. Um, he's got a sledding hill. Kids just like to play fun. They have snowball fights, make s'mores. It's just a lot of fun. Relax, have a good time. Two quick things. Um, You fish for trout and perch differently trout generally you want to be a little bit shallower water probably eight to 12 feet deep and fish about halfway down the water column you can jig with with lures or you can do worms um, that kind of stuff Uh, with with perch generally a little bit deeper water i have found that 20 to 30 feet deep works better and fishing right on the bottom Uh, take a little rub you know soft plastic jig tip it with a piece of worm or mealworm put it within a foot of the bottom and, and the way you find that out is you've got to put a lead weight on your, on your hook, drop it down, mark it on your fishing line where that, I use a little black magic marker, uh, sharpie, mark it on my fishing line where the, where the bottom is, and then I reel it up, bait my hook, and then do, set it accordingly. Um, and they, they just do a light little tap, and so you really got to pay attention on the perch. Uh, the trout often will hit it hard but a lot of times they do light taps too and on your way down to perch fishing you'll you'll sometimes get a get a trout and and when you're trout fishing you'll sometimes get a perch but uh you know and of course you if you're not paying attention that's what happens you get to talking uh making some coffee or or um cooking some, roasting some marshmallows for your s'mores, and all of a sudden the rod starts going, whoa, and everybody starts running for it. <laughs> That's the best way to catch fish, right, is it just leave your rod. Ignore it, and you'll get something on it sooner or later. <laughs> and, and we talked a little bit earlier off camera about uh, um, sonar, and you can use that, absolutely. I like it more for depth. But I have a five-gallon bucket lid that I've cut a hole in the in the middle, and I can dip my uh, – I have a fishing buddy, which is made for on a float tube or, or a canoe or something, and I can have that down in there. I use – find the depth of the water I want, but then the other thing is I leave, leave it down there or leave it in that, that ice hole just so all of a sudden you, you start getting some some – notifications that their fish are moving in, you can pay a little bit more attention. Whereas if you were BSing with somebody or you were were making the s'mores, um, you may not pay as close attention. Then you hear that little beep beep or the chirp or uh, somebody notices the flashers going off. Then you can go ahead and pay a little bit more attention to it.
1: Awesome. Well, that was
0: a lot of good information, but we're already out of time. Well, um, that happens with you, Joe. Yep. There's a... Plenty of of information out there. I think on our website, I've written some press releases about basic gear, ice safety, that kind of stuff. So go check that stuff out. And You can always call me at the Elko office, 775-777-2300. I'm the only Joe, and they'll, they'll send you to me, and I'll be glad to talk fishing any day.
1: That's good information to have because I was thinking, I'm like, if I was to go to the store right now and buy all this stuff, I'd be so...
0: You, you don't have to spend a lot of money. The only thing you need is something to cut the hole in the ice with. Everything else you can use uh, use your normal gear for if that's what you want to do.
1: Choosing that, though, I would need help. So Sure. And
0: hey, that's, you, you know.
1: Can call you.
0: Okay, absolutely. <laughs> Be glad to.
1: Well, thanks, Joe, for joining us.
0: And happy holidays to everybody. Yes,
1: happy holidays. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.